Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm guest bailiff Monty Belmonte from 93.9 The River, WRSI in Northampton. This week, Jacuzzi. Corbin brings the case against his brother Chaz. Chaz thinks their parents should install a pool at the family homestead. Corbin thinks the idea of a pool is not cool. He says a pool would be impractical and a safety hazard. Should Chaz be allowed to petition for the pool, or should Corbin poo-poo the ool? Notice there's no P in it, because the P stands for perjury. Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. A looper, you know, a caddy, a looper, a judge. So I tell him I'm a pro-judge, and who do you think they give me? The Dalai Lama himself, 12th son of the Lama, flowing robes, the grace, bald, striking. So I'm on the first tee with him, and I give him the driver. He hauls off and whacks one, big hitter. The llama, long into a 10,000-foot crevasse right at the base of this glacier. You know what the llama says? Gunga galunga. Gunga, gunga galunga. So we finish the 18th, and he's going to stiff me, and I say, Hey, llama, hey, how about a little something, you know, for the effort, you know. And he says, Oh, uh, there won't be any money. But when you die on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. So I had that going for me, which is nice. Guest bailiff, Monty Belmonte, swear him in. Chaz and Corbin, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you Neptune or Poseidon or whichever god is a pool god or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling? Even though there's a red cloud floating around him in the pool? Gross. <laughs> I do. You may proceed, Judge Hodgman. I do as well. Chaz and Corbin, you may be seated. First of all, I'm going to warm both of you. Thank you. I'm recording this from WRSI, The River, a radio station in Northampton, Massachusetts, with guest bailiff Monty Belmonte. Why? I'm supposed to be on vacation. Supposed to be on vacation this week with my family. School break. I'm out here to Western Massachusetts to rest quietly. And look at the snowfall and drink distilled beverages and watch movies. It's called skiing. But justice goes on, injustice specifically, the opposite of justice, goes on. They hauled me back into court, just like, um, just like uh, John Goodman in Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. That, that one goes out to Paul F. Tompkins. He will get that reference. So I'm mad. You guys better not test me. Is it pool weather there in Western Don't test me! Don't test me! <laughs> Where are you? Where are you right now? Who's I'm in Maryland. Maryland? Who's speaking? This is Corbin. Corbin? We're Chip. actually both in Maryland. You're both in Maryland? Well, live it up. Because we got snow. More snow than we need. I'm going to truck some down to you. Dump it on your head. <laughs> That's why... I can't bailiff. help but think how much better your vacation would be right now if you had a heated pool to relax. What in. do you think? What do you think is going to be gained by interrupting me when I'm going on my rant? You're, I hold you both in contempt. You can laugh, bailiff Monty Belmonte, because I'm just going to be loose today. I'm not. If I'm going to have, if I have to work on my vacation, bailiff Jesse gets a day off. If I have to work on my vacation, I'm going to do whatever I want, and justice will be swift and harsh. I wish you'd brought some of those distilled beverages into the courtroom. I know. No beer or wine. Thumbs down on beer or wine. What I say. It's my ruling. Now, 
Corbin and Chaz, I'm not even going to ask you if you can name the piece of culture I paraphrased as I entered the courtroom because you both know it, right? No, I do not. Oh, I uh, I looked up every popular culture reference in, that had swimming pools in it that I could think of, and all right. it wasn't any of those. All, all, well, you forgot one, obviously. And first of all, can I just say it is a cultural reference, not a popular cultural okay. reference. No, that's, a, that's all right. You're fine. No, everyone makes this mistake. I think I've probably made it sometimes. But I'm not talking about pop culture. I'm Culture. It's all culture. Now on. Cultural reference. Or you can say cult, cult ref for short. Chaz, did you get the cult ref? I got the cult ref. Right. What is it? Well, I, I heard it, but I don't know the answer. What? Do you understand the definition of words? I think he understands the definition of cult ref. But not the actual cult ref itself. If I say you got the cult ref, does that mean can you name it? What's wrong with you guys? You got it right. I believe it's Caddyshack. Of course, it's Caddyshack. I believe it's Bill Murray. Bill Murray and Caddyshack. Okay, good. I got the cult ref. Yeah, you guys. You guys are both guys. You both should. What are your ages? Uh, thirty-four. Thirty-four. Thirty-six. Thirty-six. I'm thirty-five. So you should have got the cult That's ref. That's right down the middle, as they say in golf. Like, like I said, it's a little highbrow for us. That cultural reference. We're not. We're not that highfalutin. The judges ask that you refer to it as cult ref. No, you can say cultural reference is fine. Okay. It's not pop culture reference or pop cult. Poe cult ref. No, no, Monty. Silence yourself. <laughs> Put yourself in the penalty box. The court penalty box for 35 seconds. What are you, a cult ref? Sending me to the... 45 seconds. Ah, a minute for punning. Oh, puns. That's another thing I'm mad about. I'm going to quit this. I'm going to quit this. Any anti-judgeship, get myself an MBA. You know what an MBA is, guys? Masters of Business Administration? You would think so, no. It's a pamphlet from the Massachusetts Broadcasters <laughs> Association. Oh, you're in the penalty box. You can't laugh. Massachusetts Broadcasters Association that I picked up on the way into WRSI Careers in Radio Broadcasting. It's a pamphlet about all the things you can do to go on terrestrial radio. It's the saddest pamphlet I've ever resume. read in my life. All right. So, since you couldn't even get that it was Caddyshack, that wasn't even going to be the question. Neither of you will be able to guess or remember from that movie the pool scene where everyone freaks out because they think there is something gross floating in the pool, the family podcast. So, I'm not going to say poop, but it turns out to be a candy bar. And the question was going to be what candy bar? Was it? Now I'm bringing you guys aren't aren't going to know. No, no. You want to take a guess, Chaz? King size tootsie roll. Gross. My guess is a king size. I know. I heard roll. it. I heard it. I heard it. And it was gross. Monty, do you remember what it was? <laughs> Am I out of the penalty box? I'm bringing you out. If you can answer it, is it a Butterfinger? Oh, I was going to about to say. If you can answer it, we're all going to go home. And go back to my vacation. But no. Oh. Now I have to serve justice. Baby Ruth. Oh yeah, Baby Ruth. Dang it. So, aside from all of the other dangers associated with pools, the most notorious being someone poops in it, there are also other risks. And, Corbin, this is the, the, the meat of this case. Is that correct? State that the nature correct. of your complaint, Corbin. 
Uh, my well, we're out of time. Thanks is... so much for joining us. <laughs> no, go ahead. My brother is trying to convince my parents to put a pool in at their house. And I am worried that it's a safety hazard for all the grandkids whenever we come visit. You have kids, Corbin? I do. I have two kids. How many? Oh, you have two kids. Okay. And Chaz? What? I have three you have girls. Three, you have three girls. Now, on a previous uh, podcast, I referred to the woman who wanted to buy the Vespa. Her husband is a pool installer in Texas, and I referred to him, I believe, as a professional child drowner. Because pools can be dangerous. Chaz, why do you want to put a, a death trap in your, not even your own home, like your parents' home? Explain. Well, I don't think it's a death trap. I, what it is is a health, that's the health, you know, feature. My parents are 65 and 70 years old. Mm-hmm. The death trap would be not allowing them to get a, a pool because they're getting up in their age and they need some way to exercise. You're saying that unless they, unless they have a pool, a pool full of chlorine in their, on their property, they're going to die? Well, everything kills you. It's just how fast you die. So I think their death would be slowed by having a pool. Because, because of the exercise benefits? Exactly. We're going to do some aqua aerobics. So, Judge, be I have Be quiet. A list of- I have not asked you a question. Chaz. Chaz, are you yes. there? Judge. Is yes, Cor- Judge. Is Corbin always this pushy? <laughs> he is. He's the younger brother? <laughs> He is. He, I don't know why, but but he's got a little feisty attitude that we've got to keep in check. All right, Chaz, I'm talking to you now. I want to ask you some more questions. What is your parents' property? Is it? You guys are both in Maryland. Is it also in Maryland? So they live about two hours south at Lake Anna, Virginia. So mm-hmm. just across the border. Okay. And there's a lake nearby. It's a lake that's uh, heated by the local power plant, man-made lake, but it's quite sizable. It's big enough to water ski in. So it's a man-made lake, Lake Anna, and you're telling me it's a heated lake? (laughs) Is that true? It's connected to the nuclear power plant, yes. Is it heated? By accident. Well, they use it to cool the, the, the nuclear reaction, so maybe by a few degrees. Not It's not a... Okay. A hot tub lake. It's just slightly warmer than it would be normally. Is it heavy water? Uh, it's pretty. I don't remember. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't remember how nuclear power plants work, Monty. Uh, until recently, or maybe still, uh, you live full time and I live part time in the in the uh, in the environs of Vermont Yankee. Yes, nuclear power plant is now being closed at the end of this year. You remember what is being closed? It's still going. It's going until the end of this year, and, and then, then they turn all the light. They turn all the lights off in yep. Western Massachusetts. Leave the nuclear waste up the top. How of are the you guys going to run your radio station? You don't have any of that nuke juice. Uh, well, if we got a, some elderly people and a pool, right, and could somehow do some sort of hydroelectric. Oh, geothermal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got you. Hydroelectric geothermal. Geothermal is when you drill into the ground. That's when you drill. What's the one where it's a, you, the the motion of the waves? Uh, I forget the name of that. Is it a title or something? Title, yeah. Super title. Old, old people enslaved, making waves, powering using aqua aerobics. I got you. Yeah, this is Northampton. We're very, very sustainable here. Progressive, right? All right. But the nuclear power plant takes the water from the river 
yeah. and in this case the lake, yeah. and uses it to cool down the extreme heat that it's caused when there is a nuclear reaction, and then they usually put it back into the river, or in this case the lake, and okay. it makes for a nice, maybe slightly irradiated swimming experience. Okay, so would you go, would you go swimming in that river? We're far enough downstream that once in a while we go, but I always feel a little bit leery about it. If it were just a lake right uh, on the premises of the nuclear power plant or very close to it, I definitely would not. Okay. You see what I'm getting at here, Chaz. I'm trying to establish why you aren't just pushing your elderly parents into a lake if you want to drown them. But apparently that's a health risk. Well, I'll take that argument if, uh, if it comes from you. Do, do people, people water ski in the lake? Do you swim in the lake? Um, people do. It's a popular recreation do you swim in the activity. Lake? I don't because I get sinus infections when I go in the water. But other people don't have that problem. Do your kids swim in the lake? They do. Do your parents swim in the lake? Um, on occasion when they're feeling brave. How, how far away are they from the lake? Uh, you could walk there just a few minutes down the street from where their house is. Okay. Corbin. Yes. Your primary concern is that this pool is going to drown your children. How often do you guys go over to your uh, parents' house, and why haven't you established lives of your own, your grown men? I'll take both of my questions um, off the air. <laughs> Monty, you just listen to this. I'm going to go walk around, this, I'm gonna walk around the radio station for a while, checking out how radio stations are run so I can get my MBA. Sure. No, go ahead, sir. All right. Uh, during the summer, we'll take extended stays there a week or so. Right. Why, why doesn't this drive your parents crazy? I think they like it. They built this house with room for everyone to come stay, and, oh, nice. and they keep buying new toys to try and entice us to come and visit. Like what kind of toys? Uh, like Ch- jet board? ski or, oh, jet ski. or a, a ski boat. The game of Risk. Actually, those both are the game of risk in real life. <laughs> so, so wait a minute. So you got jet jet skis up up there in Nuclear Lake. You got ski boat floats. Your kids go in the lake. They do. Right. How many times have they drowned yet? Uh, none yet, because we always make sure and put a life jacket on them mm-hmm. whenever they go down to the lake. How How old are they again? My kids are three and one. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel that the pool is going to be so much more dangerous than the lake? Well, the the lake is far enough away that the kids aren't going to wander down to the lake by themselves. It would definitely take someone walking with them or driving them down there. Oh, okay. So they can. So when Chaz says that you can walk to the lake, it's not like at the bottom of the lawn. Like you're gonna you're gonna have to go on some city streets or town streets or something to get there. It's, it's neighborhood streets, but it's roughly a mile, a little less than a mile from oh, okay. my parents' house. Okay, to I got you. All right. Why do you think Chaz is pushing this pool on your parents? I think because he doesn't like sl- swimming in the lake because it gives him sinus infections. Okay. Chaz, are you going to, if you convince your parents to put in this pool, are you going to pay for it? No. No. Hmm, interesting. Corbin, do you... Do but you I, Go ahead. I would like to make a counter argument on the lake. Although Corbin uses it as an argument to not have a pool, I think the close proximity of the lake warrants having a method to do water survival training for for infants. Don't 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 you play games with don't play games with me. Water survival training. 
That's not what's going on here. Don't bring in bogus stuff. That was bogus, right, Monty? No, I've seen videos of babies that learn how to flip themselves over when they're drowning. It and then tr- start to cry. It is Just because tr- I saw it on YouTube so, doesn't you know necessarily what? make it true, but it seems believable enough. But, but this is not, but you don't think that this is really what's going on in Chaz's mind. Like, no. He's sitting down there. He's well, sitting, he's, like, Monty, he's, he's I quiet, I'm talking to, the- be quiet, sir. I will have order. My accusation is, my jacuse e <laughs> is, no, I'm in the penalty box. That you're bringing up something very high-minded, but that's not your primary motivation. How do you respond to that accusation? It, it's not high-minded. In fact, all three, well, two of my girls have gone through the training that he was viewing on YouTube. Mm-hmm. At nine months old, you could throw them in the pool on graduation day with fully clothed, and they flip over on their back. Can they both swim? They can. Can, can your brother's kids swim? I don't know if he's brave enough to to pull the the floaties off and dump them in the water, but is he a scaredy cat? They probably is Corbin you have a scaredy to ask cat. Him that. I'm not going to accuse him. No, 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 no. I don't have to ask Corbin. I know what his answer is. He's <laughs> going to say he's a prudent father. You are the older brother, and I'm asking you, Chaz. I think we subscribe to a different parenting style. That would be safe to say. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to to you know get a little skinned up and choke on some water a little bit to, to get past the learning stage. Right. And, uh, and, and let me ask you this, do you, in ground pool or above ground pool? In ground. And, okay. You make it, it as easy as possible for these kids to fall in. And uh, do your parents well, want this? They don't do anything. They don't do anything cheaply. So if my parents did it, they would go all out with the automated pool cover and, the the fence and the pool alarm and and all of the bells and whistles that that you would need to to make it safe. Do they want to spend all this money for a safe pool? Um. Well, Corbin or have you not, have you has, simply not told them what they want yet? <laughs> well, Corbin has has gone as far as to say, if you build the pool, then I won't be down to visit you as much, which is a little below the belt, I think. So maybe that could be motivation for them to be on the extra cautious side as far, so, far as safety you know features basically your par- your your parents the picture i have of your parents at this point guys are two very nice older people who obviously have uh invested well maybe still working they have some money to spend on some pool alarms big houses for the kids and you guys just take turns bullying them into <laughs> Buying stuff you want and then working out your differences by blackmailing them by saying, I'm not ever going to see you again if you give in to Chaz's weird demand. And are they, are they mentally sound? I just have a picture of these two old people that you guys are taking advantage of slash gaslighting <laughs> with your weird requests. Yeah. You know what would be nice to have on the lake? Uh, about five more jet skis, please. Corbin, how accurate a picture? How accurate a picture am I painting? Can I respond to that? I I would like to say that any big purchase that they have ever proposed, which has always been for the kids' enjoyment, I have opposed on financial grounds. Do you feel that your parents can't afford a pool? Your parents work? Yes. They've they they continue to work? They're not retired? My, My mom's retired. My dad is still working. 
And may I ask what his profession is? Uh, he works for the government. He's a he, he's had a successful and long career in the military, and now he's a contractor. He okay. works in D.C. Okay. He's retired military, and now he works as a contractor for the government. Will you be filling the pool with black water? Now, Monty, <laughs> you don't. You, I'm sorry, guys. You don't understand what I have just said. Really gets under the skin of people living in Northampton because they think they know better than everybody else in the world. And they're liberals. Be quiet, liberal. I just, I just want to stay on the good side of, of this family because I don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> so, okay. No, they, so, so, they are very nice. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe, look, it's fine. Can they afford this pool or no? Not should, can. I'm not. I'm not I'm not 100% positive whether or not they can afford it. I they're not ones who are investing in the stock market and you know saving all their pennies for their retirement. They're more along the lines of let's spend our kids inheritance on our kids right now. Oh, so, so that's why that's you why don't I want the usually... you don't want the pool. You want they want to give they want to give joy. What? They want to give they want to spend their money giving joy to their grandkids. And and buying all kinds of things, and and they're and they're leaving you and they're leaving you in the lurch. That's right. I want the dividends in the bank to grow, so I can spend it on what I want later. No, that that's not that's not really my opinion. But my my point is, they like to spend their money instead of save it, which kind of rubs me the wrong way when I see my parents maybe making what I would consider unsound financial decisions, such as what. I worry about them, you know, buying ski boats mm-hmm. and other toys that, you know, I would rather see them save that money for when they actually do retire so they maybe could retire and not have to continue to work. Don't you understand that your dad wants to go out, slam in a jet ski at 90 miles an hour <laughs> into that nuclear power plant? That's how he wants to live his life. Yeah, and if that's that's the case, that's fine. But I, w- I will refute Chas's argument that when uh, on occasion they swim in the lake, I don't ever remember my mom swimming anywhere. What weird power does Chas have to convince your parents to buy things? He is like a lovable wormtail. He can just whisper in their ears and convince them to do whatever he wants. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on one second. Hang on one second, Corbin. Uh, uh, I believe you were making reference to the character from the Lord of the Rings, Wormtongue. Wormtongue, you're right. As opposed to Wormtail from Harry Potter, who is Scabbers the Rat and the faithful servant of Lord Voldemort. Spoilers, right. I think he might also be a C.S. Lewis character. No, I'm thinking of screw tape. Sorry. Um, all right. We all got our we all got our, our cult refs in. Uh he's he's a he's like Grima Wormtongue. He can convince because this is I'm getting this picture. I feel like I feel like uh your dad is King Theoden. And he's sitting in his hall and he's all got cobwebs all over him. And Chaz is talking in his ear going think it would be good for you to get a pool. What else has he convinced them to buy that they don't need? Uh, he's convinced them to buy some kayaks, which, 
was also under the guise of exercise, which have never been used. Uh, he's convinced them to build a greenhouse, which is a very impressive greenhouse, but is empty and has never really produced a lot of plants because nobody gardens in my family. For a few months, we had quite a few tomatoes coming out of the greenhouse. And who was, who was, who was uh, raising the tomatoes? Well, because of the good son that I am, I fully automated the greenhouse. So it watered automatically. It turned on the fans automatically. All you really had to do was, was a go robot, pick the a robot greenhouse. You had a, like a robot right. would go in there and plant them and tend them and well, everything. How much did the greenhouse the cost? How much did the greenhouse cost? Well, this is where my genius will shine through. To save them money, I went on Craigslist and found 30 free sliding glass doors and used it to build the greenhouse at almost, you know, minimal cost, really. Did you build the greenhouse or did you force your dad to build the greenhouse while you watched? (laughs) (laughs) Hurry up, father and son bonding. Hurry up, old man. Lift more of those sliding (laughs) glass doors. Look, I got I got I went on Craigslist and I got 30 sliding glass doors. Turn this into a greenhouse. You have 10 hours. Go. <laughs> did you build it together or did you force your dad to build it? We built it together. Is that true, Corbin? Yes or no? No, that is true. All right. But you, you could have said yes and, and saved me 30 yes, seconds of confusion. <laughs> Yes, that's true. How much? But, so uh, how, Jas planted all the plants, right. and he's the only one who ever tends the the greenhouse garden. So right. it withers and dies in between his his uh, visit. So basically, this is is a double blackmail situation where Chaz is saying you should get this stuff. The kids will love it, and the grandparents, of course, go okay if the kids will love it. And now you're putting your foot down. You're saying I will refuse. I will refuse to let you see your grandchildren if you put a pool in the ground. Is that true, Corbin? Are you, are you, you're not going to visit anymore? I, I did say that I would visit less often. Um, it, it would make the visits less enjoyable. Right. And I would be more anxious. So during the summer months, I might not be as likely to visit when the pool is in use. That's like if you're mad at a movie theater because they gave you bad service last time. So you're going you're gonna to show them by buying a ticket and not going. Did you understand what Chaz is doing here, Corbin? Chaz is making them build the house of his dreams, and he's doing it on the backs of his own children. He's using them as, as props in order to force, his, force your parents into building a house that he likes and wants and will use. The more he uses it, the more he wins. The more you withhold those grandchildren, the more you lose. Not only precious time with your family, whom you clearly love, but also... Uh, you, you're not going to get to use the house and then Chaz will be there all the time. And then one day Chaz will say, uh, Hey dad, I bought uh, a bunch of garbage on the, on eBay. Why don't you turn it into an airplane and your dad will have a heart attack and no one and Chaz will have gotten away with murder. No, I I concede the fact that Chas is a better son. He calls them more often. He visits more often. But I would be remiss if I didn't look out for the safety of my own children first over 
the potential benefits of winning favors with my parents and possibly getting a bigger inheritance. Do your kids, so do your kids I know how to, the fact I have two that questions. I, I understand. I have two questions and I'm going to be able to make my verdict. Two questions. One, do your kids know how to swim? They do not. Mm-hmm. They're learning. How, but how old are not. they again? Three and one. The three-year-old so is, is learning, but he, he can't swim on his own. Right. That's, that's pretty young. Second question. One idea would be to have my parents fund the infant swim class for his well, children. I think that's a great idea, Chaz, Chaz, but who, who is going to talk them into that? Do we know anyone who could <laughs> well, possibly talk your parents into spending some money? I mean, it's just impossible to, to imagine. It's probably a drop in the bucket when it comes to the pool alarm and the automated pool cover, a few hundred dollars for the swim training wouldn't be that bad. Did you say, say a drop in the, Did you say a drop in the bucket because that's a pun? Because that's something that's used to hold <laughs> water? I would just like to say that children ages one to four have the highest drowning rates, and that's the majority of my parents' grandkids fall in that age category. In Massachusetts, you can't build a pool without putting a fence around it. I presume there are similar laws, or is actually it's Virginia, so maybe not. Maryland? Oh, there is there is such a law here. Okay. There is a law. um, And they would have a fence. And the studies that I read say something as simple as putting up a fence reduces drownings by eighty percent. But they're they're not stopping there. And Corbin, as an engineer by by trade, should appreciate all of the different, you know, mechanisms that there are out there now to to mitigate those risks that he's worried about. So I think it's what a is your, argument. What is your really. job as, aside from spo- sponging a lifestyle off your parents that you haven't earned, Chad? <laughs> well, I work in, in computer security. Okay. And, uh, you know, to project his argument into my field would be like saying grandma shouldn't get on the Internet because there is a slight risk that, you know, she could – get owned or click on a bad link or get fished. Yeah. And why should she go on the internet? Um, why should she go on the internet? The risk, why right? should she go on the internet? You're already human trafficking your own parents. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would make one argument against that. Uh, we have 18 cousins or 18. My parents have 18 grandkids and nine of those are under the age of five. And if you have 18 grandkids at a pool, it's almost impossible to supervise all of those toddlers and young kids unless you're a certified trained lifeguard. And then you might even need multiple lifeguards. So I think even even with the safety precautions of covers or alarms, just the general use of the pool would even be dangerous, in my opinion. Several trained lifeguards? Several trained lifeguards? percent of people in the U.S. don't know how to swim. Now, if Corbin were running things, that number would be much higher because his solution, although there is sand at the beach, he wants to put his head in the sand and avoid teaching his kids how to swim instead of providing the facilities to do it safely. What other, what That's a- not true. I put my three-year-old in swim class, and I take him to the lake. I just don't want it right in the backyard. Um, but surely, Chaz, you could convince your parents to hire several trained lifeguards. 
<laughs> it wasn't in the original budget, but I'd have to rework a few numbers. What? How much? How much do you expect this pool to cost with all the bells and whistles that you put on it? <laughs> um, ballpark me. It's it's. Oh man, it probably has four zeros on it. I I, I would say give me, between. Give me, give me a number like that. You're a computer security maybe, guy. That could be and that could be anything. I would say between fifty and a hundred thousand dollars. That's a just a guess. Corbin, do your parents have free will? If Chaz tells them you should buy, a, you should build a pool for seventy five thousand dollars, are they able to say no? Theoretically, they are able to say no, but I have not yet seen them say no in the face of one of Chaz's arguments. So I would question whether or not they actually have that free will. When it comes to chess, your dad. What was what was his last rank held in the in the military? He was a colonel. Colonel. You think he spent a lot of his life being pushed around by 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 uh, I by think uh, his by his underlings? His career. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you're in the military. You get pushed around. <laughs> when you're a colonel, though, the only one who can push you around is a what is it? A what's higher than a colonel, Monty? General, general, major general, modern major general, right? Basically, that's it. So, musical Broadway stars, yeah. All right, seventy-five thousand dollars. All right, I think I've heard everything I need to hear. Please rise as the Honorable Judge Hodgman exits. I'm going to take. I'm going to take the water slide down to my chambers. Chaz Corbin. Hodgman doesn't know how to swim. I'll be right back. <laughs> Woo! That was close. Corbin, do you resent your brother, Chaz, because of his hippie parenting methods that have taught all of his infant children how to swim in a somewhat cutting-edge manner by throwing young babies into pools and watching them tip themselves over so that they don't drown and then they start to cry so you can rescue them? No, truth be told, if I wasn't so uh, thrifty, I would probably pay for those classes myself. But I am not as free with my money as Chas is, nor with other people's money. Is it thrift or is it legitimate fear? No, it's not fear. I I put my three-year-old in in swim classes. Do you consider yourself a strong swimmer there, Corbin? I do, yeah. So this isn't some deep-seated psychological fear of the water that you have? No, no, not at all. Chaz, it seems to me like the good judge said that um, while Corbin may be hoping that your parents will die with all their money so that he will just leave you all of his money, you are trying to stockpile things in the here and now with their money. Is that an unfair accusation? Well, I, I subscribe to their philosophy of enjoying life and dying penniless. But you're making them die penniless as opposed to dying penniless yourself, it seems. Are you spending any money on anything? Or are you just or your parents yes, just paying to get down to their house? But that's it. We'll be right back after this message. Am I supposed to say that? It doesn't matter. I said it. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash Join, and you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join.
The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you, it's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Please rise as the Honorable Judge John Hodgman re-enters the court. All right, sit down, you guys. Corbin, I think you're a you're a good dad. I think uh, I think that your training your child to swim at the age of three is reasonable. I think that you are prudent in your, uh, but not excessively cautious when it comes to issues of water safety and pool safety. I think that your concerns about Finances are thoughtful and not stingy. I think all of the character assassination that uh, that Chaz attempted upon you and that I frankly aided him with has gone wrong. Chaz did not inherit his father's gift for assassination. 
of characters, of characters. I don't know what he does. I don't know what he ever did. Character assassination. I'm talking, maybe he's a D, I mean, he's like a D&D player is what I'm talking about. Right. Right, exactly. Probably what he was doing for the government all that time. Doing deep research into D&D. <laughs> this isn't to say that I find all of your arguments, uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to say this without saying holding water, uh, convincing. <laughs> right? Because uh, you are making an argument about safety when you are allowing and presumably will allow yourself and eventually your children to get on jet skis, which are, <laughs> which are really fun. And I guess not that dangerous, but you could kill yourself on a jet ski easy, right? Sure. Right. Did you ever know someone who killed himself on a jet ski? Not, not died, no. No. But injured? Horribly maimed. Really? No. Oh. But a little bit wounded. I'm going on a jet ski next week. I love jet skis. Yeah. I want to come to their parents' house. I, I know. It sounds like well, the best house. But this is the thing, Green Monty. house that run by robots. I know. This is the thing, Monty. I don't find all of Corbin's arguments to be particularly convincing. In, in particular, the idea that if you get 18 kids into a, into a regular pool, that, some, that it is just statistically uh, uh, not only probable, but, but determined that one of them is going to drown to death. And they have a staff of several lifeguards. Like, you know what? People get into pool, like people do drown in pools. But in a supervised situation, particularly a pool that probably has a, a shallow end and enough adults watching, I would say 18 kids will probably go into the pool. 18 kids will come out. And not, think of the whirlpool not the you thunder could make. Tome. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I would ever want to get in that pool again after 18 kids were in there. It's going to be heated, not by the nuclear reactor. Exa- I can tell you that. Exactly. Much. It's not going to be baby Ruth bars. Do you know what I'm talking about? So. I think your 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 prudence is is reasonable, and of course you can make whatever choice you want to make in terms of uh, if this pool were to happen, uh, you could make whatever choice you wanted to make in terms of your own uh, personal and family safety by not going to the house that often, or going to the house when all the cousins are there and explaining to your children why they have to stay inside. And why you are taping couch cushions to them so they don't hurt themselves <laughs> while everyone else is having fun. That's a, those are your choices. And really what this comes down to is free will. Uh, mom and dad aren't even in this conversation. That's something I don't understand. And I find Chaz's manipulation of them into buying all kinds of skis and whatnots to be weird. <laughs> it's a legal term weirdness 30 sliding doors 30 on craigslist yeah <laughs> like it's weird what's going on is weird and i appreciate i appreciate that in a in a neutral environment if your mom and dad had simply said you know what guys i think we're gonna put a pool in it's gonna raise the value of our property and it'll be great for the grandkids and we're gonna make sure we're gonna put in all the safety and stuff like you probably would be like, oh, okay, it's you, you go for it. It's your money. But what Chaz, Ch- the game Chaz is working over here, like I feel like if I, what I'm reading, Corbin, isn't so much that this is intrinsically a death trap so much as this has gone too far. This has gone too far. This is, pool, this is one, one thing too many. Now that may or may not be. I believe that the parents 
as all parents do, particularly retired military, have free will and are able to make decisions about their lives. And it is their money, and they can spend it as they like. And I don't think Chaz is a hypnotist. And I don't think Chaz, uh, well, maybe Chaz, maybe Chaz has inherited his father's uh, abilities at uh, post-hypnotic suggestion after secret dosing with LSD. Is that what he did? <laughs> MK Ultra? Did he do that? I don't know. We'll never know. That said, uh, I don't think he is uh, a master manipulator. I do think he is a deadbeat. I will say that. $75,000, 50 to $100,000. I'm going 75. There's a lot of money of, for them to spend. He wants to pull so much. He can offer to pay for half. I cannot order a gag. I am not a member of Black Ops. There shall be no gag order on topics of conversation. We cannot protect ourselves from everything in the world. Corbin, you know this already. And certainly protecting yourself from an idea by refusing to discuss it is un-American. Chaz may work whatever wiles he wants, but if I find out that pool went in and Chaz didn't pay for half of it, he's fired from the family. That's enforceable. Because this is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules, that is all. Jazz, Corbin, how do you feel about the decision that the Honorable Judge John Hodgman has rendered? I feel pretty good. Uh, I know that if Chas has to pay for half the pool, then the pool will never be built, so I'm happy. <laughs> You're relying on the deadbeat nature of your brother <laughs> to ensure the safety of That's your children. Right. Chaz, are you satisfied with the judge's ruling? Well, I appreciate his libertarian undertones. Um, as a libertarian, I, I think free speech and discussing ideas should always be welcome. And unfortunately, Corbin wanted to ban that discussion. So at least that's still on the table. I guess I just need to figure out where I can come up with some cash and, and we'll be good to go. Well, it's, you know, isn't it? It's your own destiny to get out there and work hard to get yeah, that Yeah, I cash, wish I had known about this libertarian, libertarian business I guess a lot public, earlier. I guess the public pool is right out of the question yeah, at this well, point. Yeah, then. right. It's like uh, my brother is trying to rob me of my libertarian right to mooch and be a parasite off my parents. Don't tread on my pool. <laughs> Did I, I mention that he used to live with my parents when he was married and had children? You didn't have to because I knew. <laughs> Somehow I knew. <laughs> But you know what? That's Chaz's. That's Chaz's deal. He's having a good time over there with the, with the parents. He he likes working on the house and building things out of junk, and there and and that's how he lives his life. His, your parents live their lives the way they want it. They kind of like having him around, and you live the life the way you like to live it. And that's all good. But no, you know what, Chaz? Enough's enough. Hundred thousand dollar pool is a big a big ask, and you're using your kids to get it. And it's not cool. You know what? It drools. It's not cool. <laughs> you're, so that's in why. you're in the penalty box, says the culture, the cult rep. It just rhymes. All right. It rhymes. Not a pun. That's why I'm saying. I'm just reiterating my, my thing. And then I'm going to get these goofballs out of here and we can talk some more. About how mad I am. No snow day. <laughs> uh, uh, I want to be in a pool. But anyway, you know what, Chaz? <laughs> it's time to step up. 
you're gonna if you're gonna tell your parents you should get this stuff, you say, and you know what, we're gonna be using it a lot, and I'd love to split the cost with you. And then and then you'll really see parents who love you. Get out of here, you guys. Well, we're gonna be getting a cheaper pool, so that's for sure. Not yeah. if you can get Corbin to chip in a little bit. No, Corbin doesn't have to pay. Corbin doesn't have to pay for Maybe anything. Maybe he should. Maybe he will. Corbin, if you if you ever dip a toe in that pool, you got to give your brother fifty thousand dollars. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you, Chaz and Corbin, for joining the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. You want to clear this docket like a skimmer in a pool? How dare you interrupt me in my spa? Sorry, Judge John Hodgson. Spa, by the way, guys, spa is a Massachusetts thing for hot tub. They don't say that apart from here? No, I don't hear it. Hot tub is what you hear. We also say hot tub. Yeah, or spa. Bubla? Bubla. That's, that's, my, a, that's my favorite one. That's a, that's a water fountain. A water fountain. Right. And spa, by the way, in Massachusetts is spelled S-P-A-R-R-R-R-R-R. Ah. Spa. Yeah. Right. Spa is also, uh, it's one of those weird things. You, spa, you also, in Massachusetts, used to see, like, a corner store would be called a spa. You, you, no, you not, I never grew up with that. No? Spa? Brookline Spa in Brookline Village? No. I've seen it around. I, the only thing I can think of is that at these old corner stores, they used to sell, like, bubble water. They would have, like, a, you know what I mean? They a water, yeah, a fountain. Like and, a fountain. Like maybe a, they'd like shave a, you up. No, like no, 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 no. Because here's the thing. This is I traced it back. See, you would a spa used to be a place where you would go take the waters, right? You'd you'd go to Saratoga Springs, right, right, and and you'd you'd bathe in the mineral water, or you just drink the mineral water because of its health effects. And I think that at these old drugstores and 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 lunch counters and stuff, they would call them a spa because you would have a, a soda fountain there. And then and then I don't know how. And then but you would also then it diverged. We should have Emily Brewster. She lives near here yeah. in Turner's Falls. Uh, I think the word diverged, right? So all of a sudden you got uh, a spa, meaning in, still in some weird old places in Massachusetts, uh, a, a, a soda fountain. 
And then you also have a spa, which is a spa treatment, because you would get these treatments at a at a spa, right? These health these health resorts near these springs, these natural springs. Now I want to know the etymology of spa. I just told it to you, Monty. No, does it have some Latin base of word water or thing in, built into it? I think uh, I think it was it was named after uh, Spartacus, Sparta, 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 in Massachusetts. All right. So that's the docket. <laughs> oh no! Wait a minute. We got. Oh, I'm so mad. I have to work. I want to talk about etymologies of words all day long. Um. All right. Someone wrote in. I'm going to read this one, Monty, because I've I, I've decided that. When people write in corrections rather than present cases for the docket, um, I, I need to deal with the pedantry myself. Own up to it. Well, make fun of them. I'd like to submit a correction. In episode 145, Moped Operandi, that's the one where I accused the pool installer of being a child drowner. Mm. You, John Hodgman, said that your pop culture... Oh, already this guy's off. Cult your, ref. Your cult ref was from the film version of The Who's Quadrophenia. That's correct. I said that. Specifically, you called, you cited the song Love Rain O'er Me. I have never seen the movie version of Quadrophenia, but on the album version, those lyrics are from the track I've Had Enough. It's the last song from the first half of the album where Jimmy is finally having a major crisis about his life. This leads into 515, where he takes the train down to Brighton, eventually has his moment of emotional clarity at the end of the album when he sings Love Rain O'er Me on a rock in the middle of the ocean. Uh, this misunderstanding makes sense given I've Had Enough does include the lyrics Love Rain O'er Me repeated in it numerous times. However, I'd like the record to show that the true source comes from I've Had Enough. Okay, so you may enter that in the record. Bailiff Monty, and here's the record. It's entered into the circular file. Bonk. Done. I'm, tur- I'm, turning, this into, I'm turning this into a late night talk show circa 1982. But yes, you're absolutely right. And the movie does end with with I've had enough. They change the ending, they change the order of the songs. In the movie, that song comes at the end when he throws uh, Sting's bike off a cliff, motorbike off a cliff. And that was I had the wrong name of the song. It does say Love Rain Over Me. Now, is there something from the docket there? I just want to say as a music disc jockey, that that is it's too far. I've had enough of that guy's complaints. Get over it. Oh, like a lot of people write in and say that you misidentified a song? No, I mean, this is such minutia that it's... No, I had the wrong song. It was the wrong song. It was the name of the wrong song. Close enough. There is a song called Love Rain. I, Were I... you doing it impromptu, just trying to recall no. from memory? No. All right. I was... If you I basically it, then... watched Quadrophenia <laughs> in order to come up with something, <laughs> to some kind of cultural reference for, for, uh, for uh, a Vespa, because this woman wanted to buy a Vespa. Right. And you know what? It's a good movie. Yeah? You know who's in it's it? It's better than Tommy. Ray Winstone. I don't know who that is. You know who Ray Winstone is? He was in Sexy Beast. Oh. Oh, yeah. You know who I'm talking about, I right? I think I do, yeah. A young Ray Winstone plays the rocker friend of what the main character, the Ma- Maudie McMod or whatever his name is. That's Ray Winstone. I've never seen Quadrophenia. I have the album, but I've never actually How seen it. How come the movie. no one is seeing this movie? It's good. It is a good I hear good things about the movie. Better someone who than knows the Tommy the, movie. Someone someone here but here's my point, Britt. Someone who knows this much about the the Who and the album Quadrophenia ought to have seen this movie by now. So I sentence you for your pedantry. Yeah. You have to watch Quadrophenia. I'm just hearing that you can watch it for free on YouTube. Pretty high quality too. Just something I heard. Okay. 
There is one docket item. Elizabeth writes, Last year, my brother Tim and I talked about what we were giving up for Lent. Tim told me that he was giving up social media for Lent, including Twitter and Facebook. However, he still sent tweets via text message from his cell phone, not a smartphone, and received direct messages from Twitter. Tim plans to continue this practice this coming Lent. My family and I do not believe this is actually giving up social media, and we would like Judge John Hodgman to order Tim to completely disconnect from Twitter. No. Different things. Social media, Twitter, Facebook, these are what they call on the internet terms the walled gardens. And they're like gardens of forking paths. You go into them and you get lost. Whatever. Right. But what Tim is continuing to do is receive information from the outside world via text, email, and direct messages from Twitter, which I presume that he's getting forwarded to his email. And that's fine. That's a different thing. That is receiving information from the world. That is not, believe me, I've tried to break, I've, every year I make the, I make the New Year's resolution that I'm going to no longer use the internet in bed. And? Why are you smiling? I'm just wondering how that's going. Not very well. It's a really hard thing to break. What if you got a non-smartphone and just text messaged Twitter from bed, and then you could feel good about it? Yeah, we, you'd certainly be paying for it. But, but what you're talking about, madam, is total abstinence from Internet, what David Reese calls the Internet uh, Temperance Brigade, which is a, a group he forms every year whenever he's on a, on a cruise of any kind. He tells people to just shut off all things. And, you know, if he wants to do that for Lent next year, total abstinence, then that good for him. And maybe Jesus will love him then. But he didn't break the rules, so you're out of luck. Goodbye. Whew. It's no day. Monty. Yes. That's it for the docket, right? That's the docket. All right. By the time you hear this, Monty, uh, Ragnarok will have passed yet again. And I bet the world isn't going to end again. Right now, it is uh, it is February something. 19th. 19th. I lost track because it's supposed to be my vacation. Yeah. They are saying in, in York, England, at the Jorvik Viking Center, where I have been, by the way, they have a sweet dark ride where you ride through an animatronic Viking town. Wow. That that the, the true Norse Ragnarok of Norse of Nordic mythos is supposed to uh, the hit on February 22nd and all the gods are going to fight and the earth is destroyed and they are destroyed and, and then a new earth is, is reborn. My guess is that that's not going to happen. And so even you will get to hear this podcast and you will get to buy one of my Ragnarok survival kits, which once again uh, have saved no one from death, but have delighted many or up to and including 500 with... Uh, um, a DVD of my comedy special, Ragnarok, the only DVD that exists with extra stuff in it. Uh, uh, survival mayonnaise, a beautiful urine flask, uh, a, a thumb drive containing my consciousness, and true actual facial hair clippings from me so that you can clone me in the future. This is guaranteeing my immortality. And you can go to bit.ly slash survive Ragnarok to get one of only 500 of these special cases that were made and designed by superstar designer Jessica Hish. They're really things of beauty. I don't know how many are left. I'm just going to keep talking about them until they tell me I can't anymore. I, I love them. The 500 makes it sound like 
you are a cult ref who is going to oversee this specific cult that only 500 people will survive through this. Well, you obviously Ragnarok. you obviously don't want to be talking on my podcast anymore, so... That doesn't count as a pun. <laughs> it was too close, Monty. Too close. Our thanks go to Chris Fazio for naming this episode. Jack Hughes-y. Jack Hughes. I actually like that pun. I like that. Yeah. I like puns. Uh, the show is produced by Julia Smith. Thanks, Julia. And edited by Mark McConville. Thanks, Mark. And uh, normally bailiffed by the wonderful Jesse Thorne. But I want to say thank you to guest bailiff Monty Bill. Monty will be back next week uh, because I am recording this uh, that episode in about 10 minutes. Sorry. It's, uh, sorry to ruin the magic of broadcasting. <laughs> I haven't quite earned my MBA yet. Monty. Yes? If you have a dispute for Judge John Hodgman, do you know what to do? I would first go to MaximumFun.org. Yeah, and then continue to type slash JJ Ho. It will take you directly to a form that you can fill out that will go directly to me. Can you tell me your dispute? Maybe I'll hear it on the air. Maybe I'll resolve it on the page of the New York Times Magazine. Uh, maybe I'll read your uh, letter of pedantry uh, on the air. Maybe I'll uh, 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 hear your case for the docket. In any case, I'm going to look at it, and uh, if you have something you want to say to me, just say it to me. Hodgman at MaximumFun.org or go to MaximumFun.org slash JJ Ho. Monty, if you want to name a case, do you know how to do it? I would go to MaximumFun.org first. Well, go to our Facebook page specifically. Uh. Like us on Facebook, and then you can, you'll see when we ask for the names of cases, and you can enter it in that way. Or follow us on uh, Twitter. Uh, if you're not abstaining from Twitter for Lent, uh, go to at Hodgman, H-O-D-G-M-A-N, or uh, I think it's at Jesse Thorne, J-E-S-S-E-T-H-O-R-N. I think that's everything for uh, for this episode of Judge John Hodgman. You hear me stammering, Monty? I'm never going to be a broadcast professional. See you next time on Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash J-J-H-O. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.